This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Hey friends, welcome to the Acting Up Podcast, a backstage pass to the life of a working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. This past week, wow, uh, it was funny. John and I actually went on our first date, like day date, if you will. Uh, Jackson had ha, was in therapy. Jordan, my mom took Jordan for a few hours, and we went out for lunch and sat. And we, even even though we told each other we were only going to talk about the kids for the first five minutes, of course, it the kids. And the conversation, you know, interspersed throughout. But for the most part, we actually really did try to have just time for us. And it was really nice. It was like a nice recharge. It was really important. And it was necessary. And it was also something that I was really grateful to have gotten. It was a great, it was actually a great couple hours gift that we got. So I'm hoping that we'll be able to implement that more often. Because I think that John and I have turned into almost like managed care roommates, Like we work together in this house and actually technically I'm his boss, but whatever. But he's, he's, he's a helpful supervisor in this home. (laughs) He can't believe you heard me saying that. I'm just kidding. But no, because he's a great dad. He really is. He's a phenomenal dad. But as far as managing all of the stuff, it really does come down to me. But, and then, you know, a lot of it is like, okay, who's taking what and who's doing where and who's, you know, taking this kid there and who's watching this one and who's, you know, and it's just, it feels like it's a, a lot of management and not a lot of connection so I mean we connect with the kids but we don't really connect with each other so this was great to get a chance to do that Jordan recently has started crawling thank you PT for your help for that and uh, he pulled himself up to stand by himself which is very exciting so I don't think the crawling is going to last for very long until he starts to figure out the standing possible walking thing I think he wants to be on the go so I think the crawling just takes too long for him and I think that's that's why he's avoided it for so long and because his pelvis was stuck. Yes, this is true. I've also been dealing with the fact that I am now exclusively pumping, which I may have mentioned before. I've been having Jordan, once he got his teeth, we realized that I don't think he ever really latched correctly and was using his gums to help pull the milk. And that is very painful when you get teeth. So that's not been good. And he's been using me as a chew toy and therefore I cannot continue that experience so I've been pumping I'm hoping to continue for the next few months he's going to be 10 months this week so I think this week or maybe yeah almost this week and then he's when he gets to be a year I think I'll be kind of done done but exclusively pumping man it it ain't no joke it ain't easy it's a lot of time sitting and because it takes a long time for the milk to pull from me my sessions are up like 20 minutes at a time so it's fun fun times with me and uh, recently I've been having a lot of issues with a clogged duct so that's been soups painful and I've been trying to hopefully not make that turn into mastitis which is incredibly bad and a bad infection that you can get and I don't want that to happen so I've been pumping twice as much which just means I sit and do nothing for because I don't have a portable pump so I have to sit next to a plug it's a delight it's been fun so that piece and then on top of all of that I talked about how our water heater broke you know all about our issues that we had with the internet going out 
I think this was a while back during the polar vortex. But lately, we have been having Jackson escaping his pajamas. Okay, so way back, way long ago, we learned that Jackson figured out how to take off his pajamas. So he used to wear, you know, a two-piece pair of pajamas. And we had a major issue one night when he took off the pajamas, took off his diaper, and made an enormous mess in the room. So much so, I think I mentioned this in the Bedtime Battles episode where I had to get rid of the rug and disinfect the walls. It was not fun. He was younger. It happens fine. Jackson has mastered the art of being able to do things that many kids would just not even try. Or if they did try, I don't know. Maybe he'll be Houdini when he grows up because he has been wearing, since that episode, he's been wearing essentially inescapable pajamas. So they zip up the back. They have one snap that goes over the zipper, not the zipper, not the pull, but the zipper itself. So that if you pull the zipper, it gets stuck at that snap, right? And then another two snaps that go over that the initial snap so and again it and the collar goes all the way up like normal pajamas you know like tight to the body he has figured out how to get out of them now he's been in the same pajamas just different sizes for the last th- almost three years so <laughs> the fact that he has figured this out is not good they have sizes that go all the way up to 20 and truth is he probably is ready for the next size up and I and we thought maybe what he was doing was figuring out how to like pop the the uh snaps because he was it was getting tight on him but I don't think that's the case you really have to be pretty adept to be able to do this and get the zipper started so that he could shimmy out of these pajamas again they're one piece they're you know one big long piece of fabric that goes all over I I don't even know how he's doing this so we came up with the idea that we somehow got him back to sleep and that night we were we put on a different pair of pajamas and thought maybe that particular one was just a little tighter than the others and then he did this again the next night now the next night actually out with some friends and like the one time a month or month and a half that I go out with these two moms who are phenomenal who also have kids uh that are at the same clinic one is a boy one is a girl and they're both on the autism spectrum so we have lots to talk about and we get to kind of have our mom moment where we get to connect and communicate and talk about these things and it's not that it's a sacred time but I get such a very little bit I mean every time that I've gone out since I've always brought Jordan with me since I've had Jordan he's come with me so this was the first time I was really going out and he wasn't with me which was kind of amazing so I was really looking forward to it and immediately as I pretty much sat down with these ladies my phone starts blowing up and I'm like oh no what's going on and John calls and he says that he escaped, not only did he escape the pajamas and get completely naked, but he peed in the middle of the bed. Now, I want to back up here and talk a little bit about this potty training thing, because I think that it's really important to note that during the day, Jackson has been pee potty trained for years. For, I think we start, let's see, we started potty training him, it was 2017. It was, I think, January of 2017. And it took a while to get just that piece out of the way and going till we finally dumped diapers. I, I would say the whole process, maybe 
few months, maybe, you know, five, five-ish months, to the point where he finally wasn't having accidents and he was saying things like, I have to go to the bathroom or bathroom or whatever the words that, that he was using and we were consistently taking him. To this day, he will, he has a little bit of the, I don't know if it's that he doesn't feel the sensation because as we've talked before, because he's hyposensitive, I think lots of times he doesn't realize he has to go to the bathroom. He doesn't feel that pain of, or that sensation of I have to go to the bathroom until it's so critical that he would have had an accident. So he sometimes he'll say, I have to go to the bathroom and it's panic and we run him to the bathroom and then he like pees for what feels like minutes. It takes so long. And I think it's just because he, when he learned, he learned on a schedule and then the schedule got kind of very slowly redacted. Uh, and then it's not up to him to tell us. But I think sometimes he gets so wrapped up in whatever it is he's doing, he kind of forgets that he has to go. And then we have these moments. Now, he, knock wood has – I'm literally knocking wood. He has not had an accident, a pee accident during the day. And I, I would say eight months to a year. I mean, I don't think I remember that being an issue. He used to do a thing where he would have just a tiny little dot that would end up on his his underwear and then he'd want to change them because that would freak him out. I don't understand. I don't know if he just thought that that meant that he was wet and that was bad and he needed – but, you know, we, we got him through that. And now he usually gets – I don't remember even that in the last four months, five months, that there's even been like the drop that pops out. So he's been pretty good about even if it gets to that critical point. And also just think about it. Like before you leave the house to go to the bath, to, before you leave the house to go somewhere, you usually go to the bathroom or after you finish a meal, you, maybe you go to the bathroom. You know, it's sort of like whenever there's big transi- transitions, there's usually a I go to the bathroom situation. And at school, I guess they kind of scheduled it for him. But at his other therapies, it's not scheduled. So he usually will show up and go or at some point within the process of the therapy, he'll say, oh, I have to go to the bathroom. And then he goes. Pooping, on the other hand, pooping and requesting it and doing it in the toilet was a very long process. Now, I want to just preface this by saying that I talked, the moms that I, I hung out with also told me about their woes of potty training specifically the pooping side most seem to be able to master the peeing part the urinating part better but for whatever reason the pooping is like it's so much harder to to get the child to figure it out to understand the sensation about what to do according to our pediatrician our developmental pediatrician lots of times pooping is harder because it feels like something is like being taken away from your body in a bigger way because and it's such a harder sensation and sometimes if you're constipated or you have gut issues that can actually exacerbate the issue of wanting to go we could not figure out why Jackson wouldn't go to the bathroom on a toilet like never went on a toilet not even a kid's potty when we were trying to potty train him at home before we got his diagnosis and before we started him at his clinic (laughs) no joke never pooped on a toilet until uh, a couple of months ago a couple of months ago yeah yeah 2019 Mm -hmm. yeah so that's two full years of like formal potty training actually a little bit more if you talk about the what we tried to train him at home and even kid potty potties little kid potties he never went he would not poop on a potty this was how it would work we would get this is how basically two years of our lives were like he would get ready for bed do his routine brush his teeth you know he would go to the bathroom he would pee brush his teeth he would go into his 
get, uh, get into his pajamas and his overnight diaper. We would shut the door. And within about five minutes, we would hear, Daddy, I pooped, which was what we taught him to say, which took its own time. That took a long time to get him to tell us because usually we would just hear him running around and wondering why he hadn't fallen asleep yet. And that was because he had pooped. So we started to watch him on the monitor and we realized that what he was doing was he was getting into his clothes, like into his pajamas, and then he would just go squat. And so we tried to catch him. We did everything you can imagine. Like I stayed in the room. I hid under a whole bunch of stuffed animals. It was like E.T. in the movie. Just hiding in hopes to catch him pooping so that I could, you know, run into the bathroom and we could interfere. We never caught him. We never caught him. He never would poop in front of us. He had to do it in the dark, in a room alone, in his pajamas, in his diaper. For two freaking years, this went on. And finally, one day, it occurred to me that we needed to change this situation as fast as possible because... I was pregnant and I didn't want to have two kids in diapers at night. Like this was that my goal was to have Jackson out of diapers completely, to have him be able to go to the bathroom at night and be done with this. So we tried and we did full extinction of the diaper, took it away. And all that happened is he peed and pooped in his pajamas. So yay, every single night while I was in my first trimester and queasy as you imagined it. I'm cleaning at 2 a.m. or whatever. Pee and poop out of Jackson's clothes and throwing them in the, the wash. I, this went on for two weeks. No, this went on for a month. And I finally, because this was, we were working with our BCBA at the time. And I said, I can't do this anymore. This isn't working. It's not happening. He doesn't care. He's going to the bathroom. He doesn't care. He, I mean, it's not that he doesn't care because he would wake up from it, but either he was doing it in, in his sleep, so he didn't notice until he woke up. But two, I just, I couldn't continue this this process. Both John and I were getting zero sleep. I was already tired because I was pregnant and it was just not happening. I said, forget it. I'll just put him in diaper. I don't care. Just don't care. So we went back to the diaper. Then Jordan was born and I thought, okay, we need to make a change here. Something's got to give because this is starting to become a real problem. Like we have to get him pooping during the day because I know that a lot of his problems were actually stemming from the fact that he was holding all of his poop in all day until he would go to sleep at night. And then as soon as that door closed, he would poop. And 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 it wasn't even everything. Like he would poop as much as he could, but then he would poop again at two and then he'd poop again at four. And so he were up all night and he wasn't getting good sleep. And I thought, this is now a matter of we have to fix this problem. It's not just for our health it's for his health like it's not good for him to be withholding we talked to our doctor his developmental pediatrician we talked to you know his clinic we talked to the bcba we i consulted you know online i you know looked up developmental you know disabilities and potty training and i i even called a a, there's a consulting place that does specifically this they're incredibly expensive and i filled out their online form and in the process of waiting for them to call me back this we figured it out. Now, I'm going to tell you the story, but I, I need to preface this by saying this is what worked for us. And I cannot, and your mileage will vary because every kid is different and the reasons behind it for them are different. I think in our case, Jackson just really didn't understand or know what to do, how to do it, and why it was important. So while I don't, I'm very 
health conscious with Jackson. I don't like to give him a lot of treats and things with sugar and whatnot because I don't want him to become reliant on that. We give him incredibly healthy lunches. He eats lots of vegetables during the day. This was a lot of feeding therapy. That's another thing I'll talk about in another episode. But I think it was really important to us that Jackson get as much proper nutrition because he's a kid that's going to fall into rigidity very easily. So he eats peanut butter and jelly, or I should say this, a sun butter and jam, my mom's homemade jam. She literally makes it for him, <laughs> sandwich, every single day at one of his meals, pretty much constantly. And his his other meal is usually something like tuna and crackers or a tuna sandwich or egg salad sandwich or egg salad and crackers. And there's a few other things that he'll eat that we don't make on the regular, but he's fairly rigid about his meals. And it doesn't help that he's also dairy-free and he's a pescatarian, so he doesn't eat meat. So uh, land meat, he eats fish, clearly. So <laughs> yay! It, it reduces the options of what we can give him and therefore we have to be really strategic about his meals and whatnot. So we also want to make sure he, we give him something that he will eat. And then on top of all that, fruits and vegetables. But my point is, what was my point? My point, <laughs> say mom brain, it's, it's, it's a real thing. All right, nutrition. Okay, so we we resorted to doing a, I don't want to say a bribe, but if he would go to the bathroom, we would give him a jelly bean. And jelly beans are something he really loves. My mom would have them out in her house and, you know, he, he figured out how to get to them and was eating like handfuls of them. And we were like, no, you can't do that. So we thought that would be a really special treat because it's not something we would give him on the regular. So we used that and it didn't take long. And I don't think it was because of the jelly beans. I think it's because he had learned behavior that, oh, you want me to do something and then I get this treat. Because after he mastered it, and he had mastered it for a while, like, and I mean a while, I mean like days, he he didn't get any more jelly beans and he didn't care. I don't think the jelly beans mattered. And as a matter of fact, there were times when he did it and didn't get jelly beans because I didn't have them on me and he didn't care. So I think it was like, oh, I learned that you – you want something, me to do something. You want a behavior from me. You want some action from me. And then because you're showing me that I'll get something that you think that I really like. Oh, okay. Now I'm going to learn how to do this. So this is how I, I taught him to do it. I figured that maybe I needed to recreate. And this is not the first time that I tried this. I, I will preface this by saying that. But this is the first time that I really like put the hurt on the, 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 the definition of what we're going to do to make this work. I thought, what are the parameters of what he needs? He need he likes the door closed. He likes the lights off. I'm going to recreate that for him. So I told him, I was I said, I'm going to sh- I put him on the toilet. And I said, I'm going to shut the light. And I'm going to close the door. And I want you to poop. So I want you to pretend like you're in your room. And I want you to poop. So I did that. I closed the door. And I heard him playing with the back of the toilet, like, you know, hitting the lid to the back. And I was like, buddy, I need you to actually poop. Show me how you poop. And I couldn't hear him really doing anything. I think he was messing with the toilet paper. And I was like, come on, buddy. This is poop time. We're going to do the pooping, you know. And I just said, like, I don't know, a whole bunch of things. And I and John was in with Jordan. And, and Jordan's room is right next to the bathroom. So I popped open the door to see what was going on. And I smelled something. And I thought, oh, well, you know, either he, you know, tooted or he is pooping. So I said, are you pooping? And Jackson's response to everything is yes and no. So I didn't know if it was actually true. And I said, well, I'm going to turn on the light, buddy, okay? And I turned on the light and lo and behold there was this tiny little tiny little turd in the toilet and I was like yes so it was a big party and I gave him jelly beans and it was a big deal and I thought if we can recreate this again then we're in good shape right so the next night we did the same thing same parameters same 
lights off, door closed. I reminded him about the jelly beans. I showed him that they were in the bathroom. He could see them in a little container and he could have them if he went. Fight, fight, you know, he was like, eh, nah, nah, and I finally got him to do it. He did it again. And I was thrilled, excited, whatever. The following night, we are actually had to go out uh, downtown and we had a babysitter coming. His babysitter was here and Jordan was staying with my parents for a, the hour or two that we had to be gone. And I thought, if he can do this with his babysitter, we are home free. So I gave her the whole parameters. I told her what to do. She's amazing. Megan, we freaking love you. You're amazing. You know, and he loves her, which helps. And she did the exact same thing. And lo and behold, boom, he went to the bathroom. So I knew we were home free. I knew that now we could get him to poop in a toilet. I am not going to say that this is like fixed by all means because to this day I will take him to a bathroom everywhere to go to the bathroom whether it's in therapy or whether it's at home or whatever and I have to still encourage him to go sometimes he will just go but if I know he has to go and he usually just wants to pee and get the heck out of there which again I understand that I mean I I don't blame him but he really does have to go and so I have to sit there and there's a lot of push one two three push come on poop and he has this tendency to clench up and not want to poop all of the poop out or any of the poop out or figure out like how to get it out I don't know it's I don't know if it hurts I don't know if he's constipated we're basically I should buy stock and prunes because I feel like that's all we give him all the time to eat now there's still a lot of time that we're working through with him and of course he's not at a point where he's wiping himself yet but I feel like he understands that that's the next step because he says I need a wipe so he knows that he needs to get wiped which is kind of fun so I feel like we're getting there it's slow it's happening but the nighttime thing not happening uh we get him to go before bed but again like he still poops every once in a while in the middle of the night and he doesn't tell us he has to go. So again, I don't know if he's going, he's waking up and going or I don't know if he's going in his sleep. And so we haven't ditched the diaper yet at night, which I really would like to do because I feel like he's using it as a crutch. I also think it's giving him something to try to escape these pajamas to get to. So back to the pajamas. What I've had to do since this whole pajama escaping thing is we had to... I had to come up with a, a solution because I don't, even if I buy him the next size up, if he can get his arms back, if he can figure out how to maneuver himself to undo these, I, I don't have better options. These are the best supposedly inescapable pajamas I've ever seen. So, and I've done some research. So if somebody has a better option, please share that with me because these were the best I had and I don't know what to do now. So what I've, I literally, we went to Target, shout out to Target and I bought some button-down shirts because he hasn't figured out how to maneuver buttons yet. And I put that over his pajamas. So he has the short sleeve button-down shirts that he's now wearing over his pajamas. Because even if he can get his arms out of the shirt, he can't get it off. He can't get his arm down to get the the strap. I think he's doing it from the top down because it, I, you can't reach from the bottom up. I mean, you'd have to be really flexible I mean Cirque du Soleil is flexible so I don't think that's what's happening I think he's literally reaching down from the neck down and he's able to pop the the, the stuff and then get the zipper started so because of that I do feel like this is our this is this is the only solution I have right now and the button down thing actually was a, a a huge genius thing that we did for a while that somebody had recommended when he was figuring out how to get out of the five-point harness in his car seat he was undoing his five-point harness and then unable to get out of the seat 
while the car was moving. And the only way that we were able to deter that is to put an oversized button-down shirt on him over his car seat to think that he could click open so that he couldn't do that. And uh, that worked for a while. And then we just bought a new car seat that wasn't he wasn't as able to maneuver because that one was just like a push and click. This one, you have to actually press it and he doesn't have the hand strength and the fine motor skills to make that work. So he doesn't really even try anymore. So that's great. So we've, we got to ditch that button down thing, but that was my inspiration. I was like, Ooh, I could do this. We could do this. We could, we could use the button. So I did, I went and bought some button down shirts because he hasn't figured out the buttons yet. When he figures out buttons, we're, I don't know what we're going to do. We really have to figure this problem out. But this is a lot of what my life is. It's a lot of problem solving. The One of the moms was telling me that she had figured out, she got her daughter to poop on the toilet. She had one of those like softer seats and she thought, oh, it's a sensation thing. So she got her, she gave her the soft seat and she would poop on the toilet. And if she didn't have the soft seat, she wouldn't go. And one vacation, they went away and she completely forgot the seat. And she thought, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? And she just said, well, it's basically we have to figure this out because I don't have one. And I don't think it was like you could go down to the corner store and get it. I think they were in a remote enough area that it wasn't like there was one around. So she just made – she said, you have to go. And she started to go. And it she, apparently she had such a great experience that she started pooping in all the public areas all the time. And she's like, I will never go back to the seat because I don't ever want to associate that the only way that she can go is with this soft seat. So now she goes wherever she goes, which is great. So she mastered that, which is really excellent. Uh, we also uh, often said, and the, the other mom was saying that they had issues until the language barrier got fixed a little bit better with the, her son. And I think that's true here too, is that uh, I think a lot of what's going on with Jackson is his expressive language is still super underdeveloped. And I, I think that is also a big cause for us. So his processing is, takes a lot of time. Therefore, his expressive language has a hard time. So he has a hard time telling us what he actually needs and wants and understanding what we want from him sometimes. He understands a lot more than he can express, but he doesn't always, it, it's not clear to him what our exact expectations are sometimes I think so I'm not we haven't figured that out yet so if we do I think that'll help and that'll get us to a better point so I would say if you're struggling with potty training get help like I said John and I joke right now that we don't know how if Jordan turns out to be neurotypical we don't know how we're going to do this because we didn't have to potty train the first one (laughs) somebody did it for us and everything new has been just sort of oh we take those ideas and then we apply them so I'm hoping that we'll if it we'll figure it out I don't know I'm gonna have to go back and read a whole bunch of stuff because all my reading and all of my google searching changed when we got our diagnosis or when I had this when I had the suspicion of diagnosis because I could see that we were going to be dealing with things in a different way and that is exactly what happened with Jackson so yeah that's where we're at button down shirts and uh, supposedly inescapable but mm, my kid is, has escaped his pajamas last night he was able to get his bed off the mattress out of the bed frame because i didn't tie it down go me um i forgot and he pulled it out and he had ripped all the sheets off the bed and the covers off the bed he had gotten himself <laughs> he was he had he had gotten himself completely naked because we'd use a different shirt the button down shirt and i needed to go back and get the other one and so now we have to buy some new ones. It's just, it's just, there's not, it's never a dull moment is what I would say. And that's pretty much life with kids with special needs. I mean, it's true with kids in general. I mean, this is moms across the board. It's never a dull moment. You're always on edge and always have your challenges. But 
this sometimes just provides even more challenges. And I look at it like, well, my problem solving skills are really great. <laughs> there are lots of band-aids on lots of wounds and it's not going to fix the, the, the bleeding, but it may delay it for a while. So until we can fix the problem and stitch them up, this is where we're at right now. So coming up this coming month, there's some really cool things happening. And I wanted to share with everyone, uh, especially if you're in the Chicago area, what you could do and where you can go to get some of this really cool inclusion places. And I'm going to try to attend them. So I think that would be really neat. And if you decide to go, let me know and we'll try to hook up. So the, these are the two things that are happening right now. Okay, on March, on Sunday, March 31st, DePaul, at, uh, the address is 3633 North California Avenue, on, it's in the gym entrance across from Waveland Avenue in Chicago, from 10 to 2, they're doing uh, what they're calling a Developmental Differences Resource Fair, and that's super cool, and basically it's, there's events uh, and different events you can join like the managing challenging behaviors or navigating insurance um, and guided relaxation exercise for caregivers this looks really exciting oh and then there's a thing on IEPs the the great thing about this is it's really for the caregivers of these uh, people with developmental disabilities or developmental differences Uh, um, I don't think that it says they don't have a place to help kids like if you bring your children there's not like a play area for the kids they'd have to stay with the parents so it may not be suitable for kids i'm sure they don't want to sit through an insurance informational session so if you can come up with other child care for them that'd be great as i sit here i go hmm that would be helpful if they actually had child care because those of us who want to get up to some of these things that's our biggest issue is that we don't have child care and therefore can't attend these things so i would say for the future try to provide that Put some of the money towards that. Just saying. Uh, the, that being said, I think this looks like a really cool resource fair. And I think it would be really interesting uh, to go attend that. I'm going to try to go if I can get someone to watch Jackson. Because that happens to be a date that his babysitter isn't in town. So I have to figure out what I will do. So if I can make that, I'm going to go to that. Because I think it sounds really interesting. The other thing that I think is really awesome. And this you can and should bring your kids to is there's accessibility and inclusion for the Chicago Children's Museum at Navy Pier. So if you've never been to the Chicago Children's Museum, it's super fun. And there's just so much to do and everything, but it can be very overwhelming. And there's lots of kids, lots of running around. I mean, when we were there the last time, I mean, Jackson was sort of getting bumped into a lot. And that can be really hard on a kid with that is going has developmental disabilities or development differences and special needs, etc. So they do a really special thing where they, on the second Saturday of every month, they call Play for All event. And basically, it's children and families with disabilities get to come in. It opens one hour early, so it opens at 9 a.m. for pre-registered guests. And the first 250 visitors to register receive free admission. And they also have a group opportunity if you want to do that. But essentially, you get to go in for an hour for for free and bring your child. And they're only around other kids that maybe have their same sensory issues or, you know, it's a much smaller, quieter group of people. So the dates coming up for those, there's one on March 9th. So probably if you're hearing this podcast, that, that may have already passed for you. But there's one on the 13th of April and the and May 11th and then June 8th. Those are the ones that they have listed right now. So again, if you're interested, um, more information and information for all of that is at partnerships at chicagochildrensmuseum.org. And that phone number, because there's a hotline, is 312-464-8249. And that 
other that partnerships that I gave you is an email. So if you're looking for information, but you can also just Google Chicago Children's Museum uh, accessibility or inclusion, and you can find all this information on their website. Uh, this was under the Neighborhood Parents Network for the Development of Differences Resource Fair. You can find them at www.npnparents.org. And then I think if you search events, you'll be able to find that there. Uh, so that, that information is there, and it looks like there's a sign-up for that. So if you, you can RSVP to that event. Very, very, very cool. So my goodness, this was a lot. I hope that uh, potty training goes well for you if you're in the process of that and, uh, and that some of these resources might help you around Chicago. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already and find us on all the places where you get podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, Podbean, Apple Podcasts. <laughs> wherever Spotify wherever your podcasts are I was gonna say sold but this is a free podcast so not sold we're free and find me and ha if you have any questions or if you have a suggestion of what I can do with the this escaping pajamas situation I'm on Instagram and on Facebook at Allie Real to Real that's Allie A-L-I-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L Allie Real to Real and if you want to find me on Twitter, I'm at Allie underscore Goodman. That's same as A-L-I underscore Goodman. And you can always find the podcast directly at actinguppodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Just take it one step at a time, one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time. Just hang in there, friends. We are all in this together. 